Hello world, I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite-sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. Well, hello, hello, fam. I have missed you guys. Welcome to season three of the shit they showed up to us in school, but didn't. I am your fearless host, Rochelle Indra, and it has been a couple of months. I took a little bit of a break to deal with holidays and all the other things going on and to give you guys a little reason to miss me. Thank you so much to all of you that reached out to me in one way or another to tell me that you really are enjoying the podcast. That means the world to me. As I've said before, it can sometimes be hard doing this because I'm like, hello, is anybody out there? I mean, I can see online how many people are listening, but I'm always like, like, what's working? What's not working? What are you liking? What are you not liking? So definitely reach out and let me know what episodes you're liking, what episodes you're not liking. No, no, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear the ones you're not liking. But let me know what you're liking or if there's some topic you want me to cover that I haven't yet covered in season one or two. I am happy to do that for you. So do let me know. But it feels good to be back. It is snowing outside as I record this. It is beautiful winter. And during my break, I came up with a lot of ideas of things I want to talk about, things I want to do in season three. There's a couple of people I want to interview. So sit down, buckle up, and enjoy the ride because this is happening to you. And Today, I wanted to start with something that I've been thinking a lot about. Isn't that what I always say? I'm always thinking a lot about a lot of stuff. Uh, Specifically at three in the morning when I can't sleep and I start thinking about this thing and that thing. I'm like, oh, I could do a podcast on this. I should just get up at three in the morning and start shooting my podcast. I think that would be easier. But one thing I really was thinking about for a while now and then going home for the holidays, it came up even more for me. And that is the roles we played growing up that no longer fit us. The roles that we used to play, whether it was because it was what was expected of us, maybe it was being a good little boy or a good little girl or sweet or helpful or the great sports player or whatever it was that was really important in your family, whether overtly your parents said, hey, you need to do this or you need to do that or something about how important it is to be a good girl. You want to be a good girl. You need to be a good girl. If they pushed sports on you uh, to be the certain type of athlete, the certain type of boy needs to be like this, or if they were covert messages. And more than likely, they were covert messages. More than likely, by the time they became actual messages, you already had it ingrained. You already had it ingrained what worked and what didn't work, what you needed to become in order to be worthy of love. And remember, we've talked about this before on this podcast, that you invented your personality by about the age of five. You invented the personality in order to get love and to avoid pain. And 
you invented this because when we're little, we think that our family of origin is the whole world, right? What happens in that house is the whole world. And I, and I use the example of mom and dad, but it could be mom and stepdad. It could be grandparents. It could be foster parents. It could be uh, uncle and aunt, whoever was the primary caretaker when you were young. And so we become this thing. We make this personality, like I said, in order to receive love and to avoid pain. But then we get older and some of those tools that worked before don't work anymore. I have talked in past uh, seasons about my struggle with anger because one way to get my mother to do things when I was younger was to get mad, was to get mad and yell at her and then she'd give in and give me the thing that I either wanted or the thing that I felt like I needed. And so I unknowingly kept using that tool. It's not like I walked around and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be a bitch to everybody in my life in order to get my needs met. No, I would never have done that. I'm a, if you know me, you know I'm a good person. I would never have done that. I always thought that I was just and I was right in my anger, in my level of anger and how I used my anger and how my anger just came out. I sometimes didn't even think about it is using my anger. It just came out. And it wasn't until I was older and I was in my 30s and my anger would come out in dating that men stopped putting up with it. Things that they put up with in teens and 20s. Um, I was like to say, when my boobs were further up on my chest and my waist was a little tighter um, and I was mm, spunky and young and 20 and at perfect skin, guys that put up with a lot of shit. But as I got older, men got more confident, more self-assured, knew what they want and were less likely to deal with my anger. My uncontrolled anger, and let's let's make sure we're very clear on that. My uncontrolled anger, because women's anger is very important. It's very important that we as women understand our anger, lean into our anger when it is necessary. There's nothing wrong with having anger. You should have anger. You do have anger. I think, unfortunately, we tell most women that it's not acceptable to be angry, So women shy away from their anger. So I'm not saying that I shouldn't be angry or have anger, just how I was using it, how it was coming out, when it was coming out, when I really was hurt and I was expressing anger instead of being hurt, that sort of thing. So what I had noticed in the past couple of years, speaking of playing the parts as children that then I grow up and I realize that's not really who I am anymore. And I'm going to give the example in my own life, but I'm doing this because I want you to think of the example in your life. How are you doing this? And I'm using the example of being a child, but maybe this is something that you did in order to fit into your religion that you grew up in, uh, ways you changed yourself to fit into a culture a society, your first relationship, a a very important friend group growing up, ways where you changed yourself permanently to fit in, like I said, mostly unconsciously, that now you can look at and say, is this really me? And mine has been the idea that I'm an extrovert. And Lots of people have different views and ideas on what introversion and extroversion actually are. What I've heard to be the most true form of of 
introverts and extroverts is not, are you fun and outgoing? Are you shy and quiet? But how do you recharge? Are you somebody that needs to recharge alone? Are you somebody that is recharged by being around people? I enjoy people. I have lots of friends. You know, you guys know what I do for a living online. I have clients all the time. Like, I have a very big social circle. If you know me personally, you know I'm a big personality. I'm a big presence. And so people naturally assume that I'm an extrovert. But being with people does actually drain me. And I need to recharge alone. And there are other people who could be shy and quiet, but they love being around people and they are recharged by being around people. That is how their battery gets full. And I always thought I was an extrovert because I loved people and and I was big and outgoing and gregarious. And the funny thing is my brother always thought he was an introvert. So growing up, I was this big, loud, extroverted person. And my brother was this more quiet, Uh, I wouldn't say shy, but more of a quiet, introverted type, spent a lot of time alone. And I always spent time with friends, social butterfly, the whole thing. Even into my early 30s, I was going out with friends like five, six nights a week. I never sat and thought about whether or not I wanted to go out. It was just if somebody asked and I loved people, then I would just do it. Somebody wanted to go out, well, someone wants to hang out. I have the time, I'm available, so I should do it. And he never stopped. And I loved these people. I enjoyed these people. So why not? And I never stopped to really look at the fact that, well, did I want to or not? I never stopped to, to, to think about that. Do I have the bandwidth to do it? It was just, oh, well, people want to hang out. So I enjoy people. Let's do this. And didn't realize how exhausted I was. And it wasn't until I started to spend a couple of years living alone after I was married for a number of years. And then I was single for about one year, I think, one year, a little over a year before I met my fiance. And then I was with him. And now that I've been single for a while and really loved living alone, living alone was hard at first, but then I just really fell in love with it. And I even worry now as I get back into dating, I worry now about can I even live with somebody else because I've enjoyed being alone so much. And because I think what I do is such a big emotional give. It's a physical give to my clients online, podcasts. There's just such a give all the time that I think it makes me even smaller and more introverted on my off time and love living alone even more. But it was so interesting as my brother and I have been talking My brother had mentioned a while ago that he actually thinks that he's an extrovert, that he always thought he was an introvert, but he's actually an extrovert. And I had started to think this sort of way about maybe I'm more introvert. And I was just like, oh, I'm leaning into my introvert. I'm leaning into my introverted side. Not that I was an introvert, but I have an introverted side and I'm just leaning into it. Or, you know, I'm just an exhausted extrovert. I think that's what I thought for a number of years. I'm just... I'm an extrovert, but I'm just exhausted because I do such a big give. And then when my brother had said that, that he always thought he was an introvert and he thinks he's an extrovert, I realized, oh my God, I think I not have an introverted side, but that I'm actually an introvert and that I can be big and bubbly and outgoing and love people, but also not find that to be the way I recharge. 
And I've noticed over the couple of years as I like hired to perform at places, I'm hired to give speeches that I need to come home immediately after and put on a hoodie sweatshirt and eat a bowl of spaghetti and just curl up into a little ball because I've just given everything that I have to give. And I was fascinated by this idea that my brother and I played certain roles growing up that weren't actually who we are weren't actually our true nature. They were who we needed to be in the family and that it accidentally somehow got flipped. And I don't know why and I don't know how that happened, but it it did happen. And now that we're in our 40s, we're really able to look at it and say, that was a role I played that or that's who I needed to be then and there and how I thought I needed to be in the world. But it's not actually how I need to be or it's not actually who I am. And so it's been really interesting now to realize that I'm an introvert and what that means for me. And it's, I don't even know how to to describe it. It's like learning a new form of swimming, right? It's like learning the breaststroke. I'm just so unsure and uncomfortable. And it's like I'm discovering it along the way as it's happening, which is very vulnerable, And I think this is sometimes why many of us stay in the role that we have had for so long, because it's, you know, it's really scary to learn something new, to be this age and not know myself or to not know all of me, to be learning new things, to be trying new things. It's one thing to be like, yeah, I get it. I don't know how to knit. So I'm going to learn to knit. It's another thing to say, "Oh, oh, I'm an introvert and I don't even completely know what that means. If I'm doing this because I'm an introvert, if I'm doing that, if this has anything to do with this, if this has anything to do with that, you know, you can learn only so much from other people, but what is actually going on for yourself? What's going on inside yourself? What, how do we deprogram? And so I really want you to take some time and really look at who did you need to be in your childhood, to avoid pain and to receive love? What part of your personality was survival? And again, I have a lovely family. I have lovely parents. My parents are wonderful. This is not like, oh, my parents were so awful and therefore I had to be this thing and my brother had to be that thing. We all do this. No matter how amazing your parents are, we all have these ways that, because we all form personalities, right? So we all have these ways of being in order to fit into our family. So it's not about having bad parents. Um, It's just about, you know, all parents fuck their kids up in some way, right? Yay. Welcome to being a parent. Dun, 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 dun. So just looking at how much of my personality is really me, Now that I'm free, now that I'm out from under my parents' thumb, now that I am maybe have my own children, now that I am a grown-ass adult, are there ways that I can swim that are different than how I was meant to swim growing up, right? If we're sticking with a swimming analogy, because why not? Here we are, right? So if your parents like throw you in the pool and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I can't swim. And they're like, that's okay, we'll teach you. And they teach you the, now I can't remember any other stroke. 
and the breaststroke and the, what's the one, the overarm stroke? Oh, good Lord. Should I not have planned out this analogy before I started with it? Oh my God. Uh, let's call it the Superman stroke because I, I'm sure you're yelling into your headphones. Rochelle, it's this, um, it's the free stroke, freestyle, freestyle. Anyways, we're going to call it the Superman stroke for my little analogy. So your family's like, oh, we're going to teach you the Superman stroke. That's how you swim. Of course, that must be how I swim because that's how my parents taught me to swim. So you just keep swimming that way. And it works, right? It works. And I work with clients when they've been doing the Superman stroke for so long and then realize that that is not working, that they've suddenly found themselves in a place of people who are doing the breaststroke and their Superman stroke is not working or the backstroke. I remembered a stroke. Go me. It's, it's no longer working, and so they, they need to change it. And it's one of the reasons why people come and see me because the, the tools that they had for growing up don't work anymore. And we talk a lot about that, whether in session or here on the podcast. But this isn't necessarily about it's not working anymore. This is about are you somebody who's better at the breaststroke? Do you love the backstroke and not realize it? Because you're just so used to doing the Superman stroke because that is what you've always done. And that deep down, there are other strokes in there. Can you allow yourself to experiment with other ones? Maybe you come from a very analytical family and you are more creative, but you have forced yourself into being an analytical person. Maybe it's about your career. Maybe your family forced you into this is the kind of career that you need. Maybe you are an engineer. Um, I have a client who's an engineer because her parents said this is what makes money. This is a good job. So therefore, this is what you're going to do. And she would like to be a painter. But she was sort of forced into this is how this is and this is what you'll do. So we've been working with her of like trying to open up into other aspects of who she is. Like I said, maybe it's introversion or extroversion or, or maybe it's how you dress or, or how you behave. There's so many different aspects of who you are that may be either repressed because they weren't acceptable growing up. Maybe you're more talkative, but you've been you know, needing to be quieter. Maybe you've been really unsafe, and so you've always been somebody who doesn't speak up and doesn't and just sort of watches what happens around them instead of being the first one to talk or offer an opinion or a thought. There's so many different ways in which you may be in your soul different than how you were raised. And so I invite you to... Look at this. Maybe it's something that you scratch down on a piece of paper. I'm not saying you have to journal. If you love to journal, go for it. I'm not saying you have to journal, but grab a piece of paper and just think about what was expected of you as a child, what was important to your parents that you did or said or acted like as a child. What got you love? What got you pain? Start looking at some of those things and look at that list. Oh, I needed to dress this way. I needed to act this way. I needed to be a a good girl. I needed to play the violin. I needed to be funny. I needed to be sweet. I needed to be manly. I needed to be whatever it is. And look at that and say, does that still apply? Is that still who I am? 
And one thing I do with clients often is say, okay, would you still be these things on a desert island? If you could move to a foreign country right now and start all over with a new personality, with a new name, nobody knew who you were. No one was going to find out anything about the old you. Witness protection program. Let's hope none of you ever have to do that. But some reason where you got to start over, what personality would you start over with? Start writing that down. And, and it doesn't have to be a complete sentence. It could be fun, silly, uh, outgoing, uh, quiet, reserved, like anything that comes, sparkly, shiny, blue, green. Like it, it, they don't even have to be words that make sense. Just what stream of consciousness comes to you when you think about the ways that you would like to be. And I don't mean like to be because now somebody else has told you that's better right? Not trying to fit into something new, but who would you be on a desert island or if you move to a new country? Because that's probably closer to the real you. And once you do that, once you figure out what that is, and maybe deep down in your soul, you already know what that is. It's not about becoming that thing. It's not about trying it. It's not about doing it. It's not about making it. It's not a doing. It's an undoing. It's not a doing. It's an allowing. It's a no longer doing. Oh my God, I'm giving myself chills over here. This is good stuff. Welcome back to season three. It's about stopping the doing and just allowing the real you to uh, shine through is what comes. And I know that just sounds like a terrible, like should be plastered on wood somewhere and hung in a kitchen, but it's, it's true. It's the relaxing into who you actually are instead of the forcing. You may have been doing the forcing for a really long time. I know I was, I was pushing and I was forcing the extrovert because I got such reward for it. And I even know now, notice now when I will meet somebody who follows me, right? Somebody I don't know, but they'll come up and they'll meet me or perhaps I'll be in a friend group and somebody brings somebody along who knows me from social media or from the podcast, but they have never met me personally. Sometimes they're shocked that I'm more quiet than they expected, that I'm not always this big person, this loud, funny, outgoing person that I can be much quieter. I can be much more thoughtful and, and observant that I may be somewhere and not have a lot to give. And I've luckily have some wonderful friends that they're absolutely okay with that. Um, also when I date, sometimes guys are, if they follow me or they've known me socially, they are expecting a party every single time we're together. And I'm like, yeah, that's not that's not me. Like they're like, oh, well, you'll want to go out and do this thing. You'll want to go out and do that thing. And I'm like, yeah, also we could like eat spaghetti and watch TV. We could do something a lot more chill too. And people aren't necessarily ready for that. And in the beginning, it made me feel very self-conscious when people saw that side of me. And that may happen to you too. You may realize, oh my gosh, I'm this way, but people have had expectation of you a different way. And that's okay. That's just what they're used to, right? They have expectation of what they're used to. 
And it's okay for you to change. It's okay for you to be different. I have to tell people sometimes, oh, yeah, I'm actually much more introverted than people um, expect. I think people want, you know, maybe not even want, but expect the performance side of me that is a podcast or TikToks or social media or working with me one-on-one. I think sometimes people even working with me one-on-one are surprised at how quiet and small um, I can be, which I think is, you know, a really important part of working one-on-one with clients is making sure that it's centered on them, not centered on me. So what is it for you? And can you start the beginning process of allowing it, of stopping the force and just the allowing. Maybe it's not about being the backstroke now and it's not about being the breaststroke now. It's just about floating. Oh, look at me bring it back. Ooh, 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 ooh. This analogy she brought all the way through. I'm telling you, this season three is going to be fire. But maybe that's what it's really about. It's just about not forcing a stroke not proving that you can do this stroke or that stroke. It's just about allowing yourself to sort of float for a while and just see which stroke comes to you. Or maybe floating is the way to be. Whatever it is, it's about allowing. And I hope that helps. Love you guys.